0: Hello, it's Kate here. I just wanted to send a personal message to you as we fast approach the end of a very unusual and tumultuous year. Firstly, I wanted to send a huge thank you to all of you for joining us this year and letting the case files into your homes and your lives. By listening to and sharing these episodes, you are helping us tell some extraordinary stories true life stories which have deeply affected all of us who work on the podcast and no doubt you as well. As we prepare to spend Christmas with a small number of our family and friends and wave goodbye to this year I also wanted to say a big thanks to all the guests that have been on the series so far and revisit some incredible moments which have resonated with us. One theme which has run through many of the case files is of people fighting for what they believe is right, fighting against injustice. We've heard from some inspirational people, including Jordi Casavigiana, who was sacked from his job because of his vegan beliefs. He launched a truly groundbreaking case with the help of Slater and Gordon, which has changed the law, putting ethical veganism alongside the major religions as a protected belief. I imagine you're something of a hero in the vegan world. Well, I, I, I
1: don't know. I think I'm a notorious person, let's put it this way. I'm known now, people do get selfies of, of me sometimes. Uh, but what I want is just to give people the chance to show what you can do as a person. That you don't have to wait for the world to do things for you. You could do things for the world. Don't sit there and take it, as I used to do. Go and fight for it, because now you have tools to fight for it.
0: So just one last question, Jordi. You've been through an absolute roller coaster. What's next for you, Jordi? hopefully I'll be
1: able to find a job. I just wanna help animals. It could be doing campaigning, could be doing investigation, could be doing policy, could be doing research. I just don't wanna waste my knowledge and expertise that I accumulated over the years. My ideal job is that job, which I can help as many animals as possible of as many types in as many places.
0: Some stories have been much more harrowing, like that of Helen and Martin Lowe, whose son was murdered in Cyprus. They're not only dealing with intolerable grief, but a battle against international politics to bring his killers to justice.
1: I cried all the way. Yeah. I cried all the way there and all I kept thinking was, people are going to be thinking that I'm scared of flying and they don't know the real reason. Yeah. You've got people sitting on the plane that are... Excited about going on holiday, and we were on there because we were going over because our son had been murdered. I mean, I suppose you must have been stunned by what what was happening. You feel like everyone's looking at you because, and you think, well, have they seen it in the paper? just everybody must know who we are? It was quite a frightening experience. Yeah.
2: We have information as to where at least one of the perpetrators is staying at the moment. This is not going to go away. One of the hopes that we have, um, it's not the only one, but one of the hopes we have is that one of those two individuals at some stage will get overconfident and will leave Northern Cyprus or leave Turkey and go to a country where European arrest warrants apply. But there are others out there who know where they are and don't like them and are passing information on. I certainly have not given up hope, and I know the families haven't given up hope either.
1: We won't stop until we do. No, won't
2: give up. He
1: deserves that, you know. Mm-hmm. He didn't deserve what happened to him. Mm-hmm. At 22 years old, it's nothing. Just think, you know, they, especially the younger suspects, if he goes on and has a family, and how would he feel? Do they not regret what they've done?
3: You would think that Turkey's government wouldn't want them roaming the streets in Turkey. You would think they would want them locked up.
1: You could go on holiday one day, you could be sitting next to one of them, you wouldn't know.
0: Helen and Martin Lowe. And Gareth Johnson MP. It's been a thought-provoking year for all of us. One thing which has really struck me is how the people telling us their stories have been able to open up and be so candid in spite of having to talk to us remotely. Normally, I'd be right beside them, but through lockdown, we've had to adapt to social distancing, but their stories have been so immediate. I remember one episode in particular, a father who lost his cherished daughter to cervical cancer, after doctors dismissed her symptoms and repeatedly turned her away. It was tragic, but the way Darren has dedicated himself to raising awareness and relating Emma's fight was not only inspiring, it also made me sit up and get myself checked.
4: You start to realise that material things are not important, and even the most important thing for Emma was we managed to get from the house where I'm sitting now to the end of the road a moment of pride, because she was able to walk. That, again, was better than going on holiday.
0: And you had to look after her, really, didn't you? Do a lot of the hard work.
4: I moved out of my bedroom and into her bedroom, bought an extra bed and lived in there, said goodbye to my wife and lived in there. It was too stressful for mum and sisters. They couldn't have coped with seeing her in that pain, whereas it was difficult, but I would hold that strength. And every day I would shower her get her ready, get her downstairs, which was really difficult because her body was swollen at the time and she was in extreme pain. But but then, even in October, we were sitting in the garden. The sun, I remember it clear as well that the sun was out, we had the deck chairs out, I put the barbecue on and her friends come over and we were eating and drinking, laughing and joking. They were all doing everything from a uh, eyebrows to a uh, makeup to a. Uh, toenails and they were eating and drinking and it was just a really proper, good quality time.
0: Darren Swain. We started this series with the inquiry into the Manchester Arena bombing. We've been up close to some remarkable cases across the year, but this has to be the most high-profile story of all. Hearing the devastating impact on Fegan Murray, the mother of Martin Het who died in the bombing, was heartbreaking. And we were really taken close to the action as it unfolded, being talked through the hunt for the perpetrator by journalist Duncan Gardham and hearing how the city came together afterwards from
5: Mayor Andy Burnham. The police ladies took my husband and I to the actual foyer area. And um, before we went in, they said, so what you're expecting is 22 red roses, and every rose is placed where there was a person died. So the head of the rose is always where the head of the person was. And the stem is laid in the direction the body fell. So then they said, OK, just before you go in, we need to tell you that Martin was very near the perpetrator. Um, we hadn't realized. We've just seen how close he was. And she said, we light a candle right next to the relevant rose. Go to the rose with a candle. So when we went in, the floor was kind of, there was a tiny crater where the perpetrator had stood. And around it was a shoe horse formation of red roses. And Martin was, I think, the second nearest to him. So that was tough. That was incredibly tough to see that, um, yeah, etched in my DNA until the day I die, I guess.
2: The atmosphere in South Manchester, as you can imagine, was pretty stunned, really, by what had happened. So we were trying to work out, you know, who was this individual? Were there any other people involved? Did his family know about what was happening? And trying to get in touch with family members and friends of the family.
0: And how did the next few weeks
2: unfold? We were able to run a series of stories, essentially piecing back together who Salman Abidi was this kind of loner that had been allowed to live in the family home on his own, smoking drugs, not a great performer at school. His family were quite religious, uh, but he hadn't been very religious. Will we actually be able to work out exactly why he did it? We won't is the answer. It emerged eventually that the only person helping him was his younger brother.
3: Now, bear in mind, you know after an attack on a on a city, you know there is a a debate isn't there about do you bring people back in? Do you promote a gathering um But I would certainly look back on that as the best decision we took. It sticks in my mind as a sort of bright but chilly and blustery day, and I remember a very uncertain mood in the city in the day as we were making a statement as we did outside the town hall and then traveling about to the different locations that I, that I went to. And I remember then arriving at the vigil and all of the nervousness and anxiety everybody had and felt. And then that moment when Tony Walsh stepped forward and addressed the crowd, it, it was a really a, a, an exceptional moment. I don't think I'll ever live through again. His voice hit the crowd, it sort of, you could almost see a ripple of kind of resonance kind of passing through people, a kind of surge of relief somehow that people kind of at least were hearing a message of defiance, I guess, and a a sort of message of, you know, get up and stay strong and we can beat this. And Tony was almost sort of giving people their confidence back and the sense of belief back. And it was such a moment of the like of which I don't think I'll ever live through again.
5: Certainly now after his death, I'm really close to all of his friends and um, they're like my my surrogate sons and daughters now. So I am grieving, I, am, I miss him. I can't even tell you how much I miss him. You know, the moment I wake up, he's in my mind. He's on my mind the whole time. My new job is I'm Martin's mum. That is my new job role, Martin's mum. I can't do my previous job anymore. I am now completely immersed in the world of counter-terrorism, online radicalization. I will do whatever I can so that he hasn't died for nothing. One option that is not ever gonna be the case for me is I will not sit in my lounge. Crying and disintegrating and sitting corners and quietly cry myself to sleep. That's not going to happen with me. That's not what he would have wanted for me.
0: Andy Burnham, Duncan Gardam, and Fegan Murray. We'll be back in January with the second half of this series. And just like the first, we have some truly shocking and heart-rending stories for you. I wanted to give you an exclusive preview we'll be looking into the scandal unfolding in some of our care homes and hearing what happened when a retirement to Jamaica went tragically wrong.
5: i just come back from a shift working and I was at home and I got a call from a carer. She was really nervous. You could hear it in her voice and she said, Jane, I, I want to tell you, she said, I think you need to know, but your mum and other residents are being very cruelly treated. And then she proceeded to tell me that my mum was dragged from a sofa. Three carers got hold of her, removed her shoes and dragged her to her room. I then said to the carer, you know, what else? And she said, I just can't bear it. She said, I can't bear the way that when the families are gone, how carers treat them. We know that the house was... um petrol bombed and that my um, grandma was shot in the face with an exit wound to the neck and she also had um, a gun wound to her hand. Um, she had some light burns on her body as well and she had a dressing gown on so that immediately told me and um, when I found that out that it happened at night. Um, my granddad was found um, some way from the property and he had sev- several um blunt wounds to his head. He'd been hit with different apparatus, but one of them was um a spade. It's impossible to describe how that made me f- feel. Just two of the
0: stories you'll be able to hear in the new year. Don't forget to keep an eye on our social channels for updates and do continue to get in touch with your comments. We love to hear from you. Search hashtag casefilespod and join the conversation. And to find out more about the Case Files, have a look at the website slatergordon.co.uk forward slash podcast. I'm Kate Chabot. Thanks for listening. Have a great Christmas. Bye bye.